looking at Isaiah 9-6, and we have been answering this question for the last several weeks, uh, and we've been making our way up to Christmas Eve, where we are now. And it's a special night, isn't it? The Christmas season is just special. It's peaceful. I mean, just look around you during this season. And even here tonight, as you look around the sanctuary, you see the lights, you see the candles. When you walked in, you saw the trees and all the wreaths. You see these beautiful flowers. The decorations are beautiful. This season, it just, it seems to, seems to warm your heart a bit, doesn't it? There seems to be, especially on this night, a sense of anticipation. Because we know, in the morning, there are gifts. And so there is this anticipation. But we also know that there's so much more than that. We get to spend time with family. We get to spend time with friends. We enjoy all the good food. My goodness, the food, the cookies, everything. You look forward to the new year when you can go on a diet. I know that you probably aren't going to go on a diet. But you love it. We love every part of this. The lights, the parties, and then the nights like tonight. Christmas Eve. It's just special. There's nothing like it. And in just a few minutes, we're all going to be holding candles, having those candles lit, singing Silent Night together. It's just a special evening. And, And I love every single part of it. And yet... There's still more to it. Christmas is known as the season of peace. It's during the Christmas season when some people will go out of their way to to help others. People seem to be a little bit more giving in this time of year, even a little bit more forgiving. It's just a wonderful time of the year. Maybe people are just a little bit more Patience. Maybe they're just a little bit more understanding. See, this wonderful Christmas that we celebrate has even been known to bring those who were involved in war, times of conflict, it's been known to bring them to peace, even if just for a day, even if it's just for a ceasefire for the Christmas season, which, by the way, it doesn't last long. And then the fighting, the shooting. Starts up again. War never really ends, does it? Our world seems to constantly be in constant war, constant battles. And it doesn't just have to be military war. There's other sense of war. We, We are in wars socially. We're in wars economically. And certainly we are in wars politically. And those wars will continue until the end of time. And yet... That's not what really any of us desire. It's not what we want. In fact, all of mankind desires peace. We desire a world in which our kids can grow up and experience peacetime. That's what we desire for all of mankind. And in general, that's what everybody wants. However, here's what we know. You and I are not in control of that. We know that the world has not been at peace for a very long time. In fact, all the way back to the beginning of time, there was a time of peace. 
When the world was created and Adam and Eve, they inhabited the, the Garden of Eden. They walked with God. They talked with God. They lived in harmony amongst all the animals. They experienced peace that has not been felt again and will not be felt again until the return of our Lord for his elect. That peace that Adam and Eve had was lost as they chose sin over obedience. And with that brought sin into the world for all of mankind. And since that day, there has been wars and battles and bloodshed all over land, over money, over pride, over envy. There simply is no peace. And yet amongst all of the unrest, amongst all of the sin and anger and pride and envy, amongst all of that, there was a promise. Even as we saw in Genesis 3.15, all the way back to the very beginning, this is the very first promise of a Savior that was given. And all of creation looked ahead to the Savior. All of creation looked forward in time to when the Savior of the world would come just as it had been promised. The prophet Isaiah, who, who was giving prophecies hundreds of years before the actual birth of Christ, says this regarding the Lord. This is from Isaiah 9, 6. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And so Jesus is the promised one. He is the prophesied one who is called the Prince of Peace, which means that there is hope for the world, that there is hope for you and I. And the hope is found in a child, one who was born to a virgin, as Isaiah prophesied about just a few chapters prior to what we just read. In Isaiah 7, 14, it says this, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel, of course, means God with us. Meaning that this Jesus is God in the flesh. And, 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 and here is what we find out about his birth from the Gospel of Luke. You've heard readings already from Matthew and a little bit from Luke 2. And now we're going to continue that account as we find out Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. I want to read that for you. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and watching over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. See, this was the announcement of hope. And not just of hope, but it's the announcement of peace. This is the fulfillment of the prophecy that was given by Isaiah. That babe in the straw would be the prince of peace. He would bring peace into the world. And not only that, but he would be the peace for the world. And the world so desperately needed it then. And it still desperately needs it today, doesn't it? And who wouldn't want peace? 
Who wouldn't want that? I mean, just think of your life as it is right now. And I'm sure there are places within your life where you don't feel like you have peace at all. It could be in relationships. It could be finances. It could be health. It could be your profession. Life is difficult. And much of the time you look at your situation and you wouldn't define your situation as peaceful. So where in the world is this peace found? You know, there's a, a popular bumper sticker out there that I'm sure you've seen. It'll be up here on the screen. It's no Jesus, no peace. You've seen that, right? It's short. It's succinct. And then, of course, you see the play on the words. No Jesus, no peace. Now, if I was just reading it and you weren't seeing it up on the screen, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. But when you see it, you understand the cleverness that is that bumper sticker. Without Jesus, there is no peace. Now, what in the world does peace mean? I mean, of course, we know what peace means in general. Uh, it's the absence of, of conflict, which can sometimes confuse people when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to becoming a follower of Christ. Many will think that, okay, if I just believe in Jesus, then my, 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 my life will be free of conflict. And of course, who wouldn't want that? It would, be, it would be really nice, right? But I think that most rational and logical people can look around the world and realize that simply is not the case, no matter what somebody tries to tell you. In fact, it's quite the contrary. If we're going to believe in God's word, if we're going to preach God's word, we must teach the entirety of it, even the parts that make us not feel so good. And in God's word, what we find out is the same thing the disciples were told, and that's this. In this world, as believers, you will have trouble. However, peace is not based on what's around you. There's a story long ago about a man. He was seeking the perfect picture of peace. Not finding one that satisfied, he announced a contest to produce this masterpiece. The challenge stirred the imagination of artists everywhere, and paintings arrived from far and wide, and finally the great day of revelation arrived. The judges uncovered one peaceful scene after another, while the viewers clapped and they, and they cheered. The tensions grew, only two pictures remained veiled, and as a judge pulled the cover from one, a hush fell over the crowd. It was a mirror-smooth lake reflected lacy green birches under the soft blush of the evening sky. Along the, the grassy shore, a flock of sheep grazed undisturbed. Surely this was the winner. The man with the vision uncovered the second painting himself, and the crowd gasped in surprise. Could this be the one? Could this be peace? It, it was a painting, it was a tumultuous waterfall cascading down a rocky precipice. The crowd could almost feel its cold and penetrating spray. Storm gray clouds threatened to explode with lightning, wind, and rain. And in the midst of the thundering noises and the bitter chill, a spindly tree clung to the rocks at the edge of the falls. One of its branches reached out in front of the torrential waters as if foolishly seeking to experience the full power. And then, what you didn't notice is a little bird had built a nest and the elbow of that branch content and undisturbed in her stormy surroundings she rested with her babies with her eyes closed and her wings ready to cover her little ones she manifested peace that transcends all earthly turmoil now which one would you think is the peaceful painting the first one would be how many of us would think of peace it's what you and I look for when we go on vacation, when we head off to the beach. 
That the peace is based on our surrounding. It's based on our circumstances. The second picture, as it was described, seemed like it would be loud and tumultuous. But what did those little birds experience? They experienced peace because they were being provided for, but they were being protected for. And that is what mattered. See, the peace that Jesus gives is not like the peace the world has to offer. Jesus made sure his disciples understood that as they were getting ready to follow him. Jesus did come to give peace, but it wasn't like the world's peace. Listen to John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let them be fearful. See, the peace offered by the Lord is not one that fits with our comprehension of what peace is. We often refer to the Lord's peace as the peace that passes all understanding. And going back to the, the, the illustration of the painting, the first one makes sense to us. The second one doesn't so much. But if, we, but if we focus on that which surrounds us rather than that which holds us, then yes, we will be troubled. Yes, we will be fearful. But for a believer in Jesus Christ, one who has put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Savior from sin, peace is not something we have to seek. And peace is certainly not something that you and I can create. Just like joy, peace is not something that is man-made. And it's not something that is based on our physical surroundings. And it's not something that's actually in our control. Listen to the Apostle Paul make a very important point in Romans chapter 1. He says this uh, uh, in Romans 5, 1, he says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus did come. He came as the Prince of Peace, offering peace to all of mankind. And when you and I will respond in faith, trusting in him for our salvation, you as a believer, you have that peace. There's a story about a woman. She was on her deathbed. The doctor said to her, you do know you're dying, right? She said, yes. The doctor said, have you made peace with God? She said, no. Perhaps you didn't understand what we were asking you. You do know you're dying, right? Yes. Have you made peace with God? No, she said. I am resting in the peace that Jesus made on the cross. See, it is he that made the peace possible between God and man. You cannot make peace with God. He made it for you. And see, that's the rub. That's what gets people all flustered in humanity and their view of God and their view of eternal life. See, there are those that have this mentality that you can earn your way to, to heaven. And they may try to find that through some religion. However, religion cannot save you. Trying to, to work to keep up with whatever rituals that you think might get you in good with the, the guy upstairs as people refer to our God of the universe. That's not going to help you. It's only through Jesus who is the prince of peace. Meaning this, he is the ruler of peace. He is the captain of peace. He is the commander, which means that if he is the, he is the ruler of peace, we must go to him to receive that peace. See, that's why when Jesus was on the earth, that's why everyone came to him. That's what they were looking for. Whether it was the shepherds that came looking for him and seeking them that fateful night, or the sick or hurting people that followed around, they were all seeking the same thing. They were seeking peace, and they were seeking it in the only place that peace can be found, and it's found in Jesus Christ. See, it's Jesus 
who was born to proclaim peace. It was Jesus who actually lived out peace. And it's Jesus who actually gave out peace, that peace that he often told people as they came to him and they were leaving, he would say, go in peace. It was Jesus after he was resurrected from the dead and he appears to the disciples. He says, don't be afraid. Peace be with you. As Thomas Watson, a 17th century Puritan, once said, Jesus prayed for peace. And not only did he pray for peace, he paid for peace. He paid for it. Listen to Paul expound on that in his letter to the Colossians. He says in Colossians 1.20, For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself. Look at this. Having made peace, he made peace. How did he do it? He did it through the blood of his cross. Through him I say whether things on earth or things in heaven. It's why you and I can gather and sing on a night of wonder like this. As we have sung out, hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth. And mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. See, only Christ has true peace. And only through, through Christ can true peace be realized. Peace floods the soul when Christ rules the heart. My prayer for you as you are here this evening is that you know his peace. I pray that you know Jesus, the Prince of Peace. For God so loved the world, you know this, that he gave. And in this season of gift giving and receiving, receiving, and this season of peace, I hope that you have accepted, I pray that you've accepted this gift, that you trust in Jesus as your salvation from sin. Because it's only in him and from him that you can have that peace that the angels announced that fateful night. As they, as a multitude of heavenly hosts, appeared, praising God and saying in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, look at it. Peace. Peace. Goodwill towards men. See, that is the point of the Christmas story. That the God of the universe stepped out of heaven to bring peace to his creation. And he did that through the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. What an awe-inspiring plan from our sovereign and infinite God to bring peace to the world. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Merry Christmas to you and your family. May this season be one of peace for you. May this season be one of peace for those in your family. And may this new year as we approach be one that is focused on the one, the only one who can give peace. And that is Jesus Christ, the Prince of of peace. Will you pray with me? Our Lord and our God, we are grateful, grateful for a time like this that we can get together, that we can celebrate you, the Prince of Peace. Lord, we all want it. We all desire it. We all look for peace every single day in our lives. Lord, help us to understand that it's only through you that we can find peace because it's only you that gives it. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here tonight that isn't unsure 
of whether they have a relationship with you or not, unsure of what will happen when they close their eyes in death, Father, I pray that you will work on their heart. Well, that you will show them the peace that really, honestly, and truly passes all understanding. It's only found in you. Thank you for this wonderful night. This amazing night. This special night of peace where we can celebrate you. Thank you for who you are. And we ask you to bless us in your son's name. We ask all of it. Amen. So if you've spent any time with us over the last several years as we come together on uh, um, uh, Christmas Eve, we always sing Silent Night at the end. You all got candles as you walked in. Hopefully you did. And so I'm going to give you just a little uh, um, direction on how to light your candles. Uh, We're going to be having music playing as we light the candles. Uh, And if you are trying to get your candle lit, go to someone who has their candle lit. If you have your candle lit, don't go over to someone like this because then all the wax is going to come down and you'll burn and you'll, uh, we don't want to see any tears from grown men, okay? So, uh, I've done that before. Uh, So if you have a lit candle, just stay put. Someone will come to you. Uh, I'm going to ask the men to come forward. I'm going to light the first one and then we'll get it started. Will Will you stand with us as we light these candles and as we get silent night going here on a special evening? Thank you. 